Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I read it OS. Your science questions answered. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of I Read It Online Somewhere. We are here every couple of weeks to discuss what we have read online and answer your strange but wonderful based science questions. Like, why do mice have hairy tails but rats don't? I'm Amy and I fail science at school, but luckily for me, I'm joined by Andrew. Hello. And Ross. Hello. Who are (laughs) both science teachers, (laughs) um, which I forgot to mention there. So luckily for me, I'm joined by two science teachers. I'm just going to repeat that bit. Uh, like I'm not going to edit it, so just... You know. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, each week we look at a science... At least people will know that we don't just take one take and use the same thing, which we probably should do, but anyway, sorry. Each week we look at a science story we read online and we try to answer your questions. If you do want to take get in touch... Take seven, go again. If you do want to get in touch with us with your questions, you can email us at ireditos at gmail.com or at ireditos on all social media. So this week... Um, Andrew, you went to the Vagina Museum. <laughs> yes, I did. That is not where I was going. I mean, that's not... That's, um, <laughs> yes, I, I didn't realise we were going to discuss this. Okay. Um, How was it? Uh, yeah, so actually it was really interesting. So um, yeah. I, I just we saw on Facebook that just Andrew checked into the Vagina Museum. Yeah, I got a notification. We wasn't sure if it was a euphemism for like a... <laughs> A special place in London, but no, it's actually a vagina museum. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a special place in I, London. I think, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, if you didn't know, so uh, one of our recent posts uh, I uh, on, on my Facebook, because I realised I didn't post it onto the podcast one, um, yeah, I went to the Vagina Museum in uh, Camden Market in London. Now, um they had an so i was doing lots of other things i went to the science museum i went to the natural history museum um went to all the museums basically um but the vagina museum actually had a um a, a sort of uh, exhibition i suppose um sort of information on um the period so um all about the stigmas about it and about um how there's still quite a lot of taboo behind it um and obviously yeah. as a higher biology teacher uh, we teach part of that in our higher human course um so actually i, I kind of went to go see what some of the taboos were and learned some like absolutely fascinating things about 
uh, the myths and legends and taboos and why uh, certain things uh, have sort of happened or, or why it, there are these sort of stigmas behind it. Like, I, I didn't realise... So, you know, um, I think it's the sanitary product Ecotex. Um, you, so, you wouldn't recognise them because... I'm sorry, Ecotex, you really need to work on your branding. Um, because most of the time when you go in, it's a wall-to-wall rainbow of always of all the different shades that you can get of different always um but yeah uh, cotex is like it's it's k-o-t-e-x i think um, oh no i have seen yeah that. so it's like white and red yeah. a white red and black packaging so they're the they're the first company to have produced sanitary tills like that oh. and then uh, tampax were the first to produce uh, tampons and it's like so like that was really interesting but it was it wasn't really that long ago it was only just I think it was the 50s um, when these products sort of started to come out. Um, before that, Do you used... know what they used before? Oh. I was about... I, 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 well, it's it, Rosno. D- yeah, there's Rosno. I was going to say moss. Yeah. Yeah, Smagdom moss. Exactly. Or Smagdom moss, yeah. I learned that in uh, third year at school. Yeah. Because uh... moss it retains moisture, so you can drink. Like, if you're in the woods, you can drink out of it. But yeah. we used to use it. So they used surely, it. Um, surely not in the fifties. So no, no, no. That that was well before uh, the fifties. Yeah. But they used to. Um, one of the other things that I sort of learned was that um, a pet, like you know what a petticoat is uh, from olden days. So um, the sort of skirt that a woman used to wear underneath, like the main skirt, um, yeah. because at that point we didn't wear underwear. Which again, I was like, what? I just thought underwear was a thing. Uh, but the petticoat was normally red. So that if there was any bleeding, etc., no one would know. And then, yeah. of course, when you look back, like so, the one, the one I iconically I think of is uh, Nancy uh, in uh, Oliver in the film Oliver. Uh, she oh, yeah. she was a black dress with a red petticoat, and I'm like, oh, how clever! Like not a not that a like it totally sort of all tied in together. But oh. uh, the thing that I found most disturbing uh, was that there was a. a a a doctor um who uh did an experiment and wrote it all up and it got peer reviewed and published and everything that basically said um women who are on their period shouldn't be in contact with flowers freshly cut flowers or uh bread making so dough um because they are most likely to kill both things now as you read the, the read the sort of study uh, he linked the fact that the woman was on her period with the fact that these things both didn't work. So the bread never rose and the flowers died. Um, but what he failed to mention was that the flowers were out of water for 10 hours and that the yeast, uh, they used boiling water in the in the bread. But this, this was put out as sort of scientific fact. Again, not that long ago, 1940s, 50s. And it... Uh, just so other people would be mental. like referencing it in their writing and things. Yeah, like. surprised yeah. that mm-hmm. isn't like a old wife's tale today. Mm-hmm. Well, Never heard that so then the other thing was these. Uh, there's a whole list of um, air quote myths and legends that they have, so that and um, that are still around. So um, that pregnant women, for example, in America, uh, this is a, a common fact, shouldn't go camping because. When they're on their period, because bears will smell their period, and it's a danger to them. Okay. Complete like those sorts of things. Actually, they are incredibly common, um, and we still don't really understand like what it was. So, I, as as a as as a male teacher in that situation, I, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. So, if anybody is yeah. going to London, 
go to it. It was so interesting and fascinating. Um, yeah, and no, I think I think as you said, it's a it's a taboo subject, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't like, be. People we should be able we, to talk about. We it. should talk about it since fifty percent right. of the population go through it. Like that's yeah. that's I, I, that's the the key thing. Thirty percent of your podcast hosts. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like it, like it's, but, like it's. But do you know it's like adverts though. So I don't know if you you guys probably don't remember this, but there used to be an advert. So Tampax brought out this tampon called a Tampax Compact. Oh yeah. It was uh-huh. this tiny little tampon, so you could like fit it in your bag. Yeah. And the advert was this girl was on a date, but she for some reason had her tampon on the table, and but the guy thought it was sugar, and she was like, "Oh, thank God, he thought it was sugar and didn't think it was my tampon on the table." So like, but it, it kind of like so it's saying, it's saying that it. you should be embarrassed. Yeah. Well, well, so, uh, and, and and then all the all the adverts are like are aimed at about being discreet yeah. and and it's and it's and it's it it's like when it's actually just nature. Exactly, and and it's completely natural. And they had, excuse me, the first recorded uh, uh like like uh, I suppose pictographs mm. of it were like from four thousand years ago, and it's Aboriginal mm. cave paintings. Um, and it talks about things like um, it so um the periods only happened at certain times, you know, like like when when something happens, a period happened, blah blah blah. So they were irregular. So obviously now most women's periods are relatively regular, mm-hmm. you know, generally a gen- a massive yeah. generalization. But um, back then it wouldn't be because you have things like malnutrition or you have you know health issues that can easily be fixed now but couldn't be fixed back then so it it really was fascinating and like it was it was so interesting to read all of that information um and obviously so they do lots of school stuff and they they, you know they 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 do have school events you can go check out their website it's uh well it's the vaginamuseum.com i think um and you'll be able do to they, actually go they have and a look. Podcast as well. Uh, they, they do. I can't remember what the podcast is called. Uh, the Vagina Museum. I'll see podcast. if I can find it quickly. Um, but it was like so. They do it in a sort of similar sense of what we do, uh, where they uh, will uh, get in questions from the public and try and answer them. Um, you know, to to remove some of those stigmas. And I think, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. There's lots of folk I know who would sort of laugh at this or think this is why on earth should a guy know about this and actually that to to, to me personally that is very much olden day thinking and i think it's yeah. ridiculous that we don't know about this um in, a, in this day and age so yeah no we, we definitely definitely should and should understand and help and support mm. mm-hmm um, well, and it, yeah, so I'm just having a look. I was saying support, like it's a like disease or something. Well, that's, that's not. No, but the thing is, though. Um, so they mentioned this in that obviously Scotland is one of the only countries to go completely. Uh, to to provide free uh products sanitary products, sanitary products to everybody in 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 obviously in specific places, and not like and walk into Asda and just take one off the shelf, but like. Well, actually, you oh, can no if way. you are if you are struggling um, financially, you can go to Morrison's. Have started a thing where you can oh, go up to the counter. Brilliant! And I think you'd need to say you can say something. Ask for it's like a girl's name, but yeah. like just say like um, is I don't I don't know what I need to find out what it is, but it's like is someone working or is can I speak to someone? And then they discreetly will give you sanitary products if you can't afford them. Oh, that's amazing! 
Mm, it's a really nice. Yeah, that is DM. actually. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's Morrison's. We'll post about it. Yeah, no, that's um, great. And because that was one of the things that they mentioned. It's really in, expensive. In the stuff. I like so. Obviously, I haven't worked in boots. I remember, you know, putting out the sanitary products and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous that, yeah. that 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 you still have to pay for like something that uh, you know is completely Considering natural. Contra- contraception is completely free. Well, yeah. Exactly, like, like at the, the clinics, yeah. Contraception is completely free, yeah. or if you want to go on the pill or something like that, mm-hmm. or even if you, even if you want to have a, um, even if you want to take the morning after pill, it's free. Yeah, it's it, it just yet, the, it, the the mind boggles at why this is the way it is. So yeah, and actually, like for you see, I remember being at uni and and yeah, and having to like buy like rubbish products because uh you just like four yeah. four pounds or to to buy the kind of more expensive ones just didn't seem worthwhile mm-hmm. so and then you need to, i need a chocolate as well probably uh, amy you've got the <laughs> amy you've got the name of that podcast i do it's literally you just go to the vagina museum brilliant so yeah guys so, um go check them out um and they talk they talk about loads of stuff about um my favorite thing is they've got a thing called muff busters <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, they spoke about that. <laughs> That's really funny. I've just seen, I need to listen to this. I've not seen it, but they talk stuff about like um, placenta, eating the placenta. That's something that we should yep. talk about. Um, oh, one of them's called "See You Next Tuesday." They've got loads of good puns. <laughs> um, yeah, but it looks good, so um, I'll, I'm definitely gonna gonna check them out. Cool. Okay. Better, they have better names for their episodes than us. Uh, well, we got a pun <laughs> in last week, so let's see if we can get a pun we, in this week. We mainly try and get puns in. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to go over to the story that we read online. This- so this week we're going to move over to what we've read online this week. And for some reason, Ross has just put um, aphrodisiac oyster and microplastics. I've clearly not read uh, the article as usual because I don't have time to do homework. So Ross, could you educate us? Okay. Um, so do you, aphrodisiac- to, do you want to read your, your fancy headline? I, I would love to read my fancy headline. It's not about aphrodisiacs. It's just about oysters and microplastics. Sexy oysters. Yeah. Time to ditch the oysters. Microplastics and seafood. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Time to ditch the oysters. Microplastics and seafood may be underestimated and could carry potential harmful bacteria up the food chain, study warrants. This is from the Mail Online. Shout out. So, do we know what microplastics are, Amy? Very small bits of plastic. Yeah, well done. Where can you find microplastics? In the sea. And how do they get there? In oysters, clearly, because you've <laughs> mentioned it. I don't know. I, well, I'm assuming it's um, bits of plastic breaking off from bigger bits of plastic. It's almost like this is the third time we've done this. Because <laughs> no, Andrew to... keeps not recording his thing. Hold I'm, on. I feel I'm like I'm getting think... the blame for no reason here. I feel like I would have guessed that anyway. <clears throat> okay. So, um, yeah, microplastics are small bits of plastic that end up in the sea. Um, main sources of them are um, cleaning products, uh, so like scrubs for your face that you use in the shower. It's not a cleaning product, a scrub for your face. <laughs> it's also not, you thinking of well, face masks? Face mask. no. Are you thinking of scrub. microbeads? Oh, yeah, microbeads. Oh, but microbeads, you... did microbeads not get cancelled? They did, yeah, but there's, there's, there's still oh, like 20 the, years of them out. Like, that you use of, in like um, a facial scrub, like yeah. Yeah. Clearacil. Oh, yeah, Clearacil. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so they're banned in the UK. They're not banned everywhere. Oh. oh. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so uh, they can also be, you can also get them from your clothes. Your clothes, um, quite a lot of them have polyester in them. Um, and when you wash them, a little bits of plastic come out of there um, and go like through your washing machine or tumble dryer into the into the sea. Um, and there's another thing that I forgot. But um, basically all these small bits of plastic end up in the sea and then they can be absorbed by uh, things that want to eat them. Uh, sorry, things that want to eat um, stuff that normally lives in the sea that's small. Um, so like an oyster is a filter feeder. So it takes in water filters out the water and then absorbs the nutrients that are supposed to be there that are left. What about a basking shark? Uh, that would be a filter feeder as well. Or like a whale. a whale. A whale a whale, would be a filter feeder. Basking Surely sharks, basking sharks I think, are as well. I they think they eat. are, yeah. Yeah, I think they do. I, d- I just don't know how they work. Whereas your, um, your whales have the filaments of yeah. the names I cannot remember. Big, big sexy teeth. <clears throat> um, so... Not so much for whales, but more for smaller... Th- well, th- the problem become uh, is when you have smaller things, they absorb some of these microplastics. And then if you get a predator that eats lots of things like oysters, it gets a much higher concentration of plastic in itself. And that's what it's talking about going up the food chain in the title. Um, Andrew, do you want to jump in at all? Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think either. the um, well, the thing I so I I was gonna go talk take about take one you wanted to join in, but the uh, yeah, but then you, then you then you said my thing that I'd learned. Um, right. So uh, well, actually, so the um, the a, a lot of the microplastics that actually get in uh, to these marine environments actually comes from aerosol uh, production. So that's right. from things like. Uh, literally drying your clothes outside. So, so the we- the weirdest thing is, is that actually drying your clothes outside will increase the amount of microplastics that are found in the air in aerosols. Um, however, the benefit to the environment is greater by uh, like line drying your clothes than it is to put it in a tumble dryer. So, actually, a tumble dryer can reduce it in terms of the filters because if you've got a can. If you've if if your is condensing and it's got a filter in it, you yeah. can pull that out. But the environmental impacts of using a tumble dryer are are way worse than just hanging out to dry. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I I thought that was really interesting because actually I assumed microplastics were just stuff that you find like in the sea. You know, someone's chucked yeah, down broken a plastic up, ball. like plastic I, bags and stuff. I, I yeah, didn't plastic. think it actually came off clothes. So like things yeah. like washing clothes, etc. Like damages them which therefore makes more plastic so yeah so i was yeah i was surprised i was um on my journey through reading this i found a washing machine that filters out microplastic so it's got a filter filter in it um so it doesn't let the water like microplastic effects of water leave the the machine which i thought was was quite interesting good for the environment yeah it's i i think what's probably worrying though is why aren't all washing machines like that probably like that's yeah, like like yeah. like all these things, like it's crazy. Well, I think no one expected how much plastic's actually in your clothes. Well, if you go back forty years, you wouldn't have that amount of plastic in your clothes. No, and I think There'd as well we've shiny cap of suit, and that we've be been it. using. You know, we have actually been using plastics for like 
white a long time so just at the end of the second world war just before the second world war that's when plastics were really first introduced um and then from then they've just exponentially increased because you'll now find plastic in everything i yeah. also didn't realize you know microfiber cloths yeah uh, they're bad for the environment because mm-hmm. of microfibers because of microplastics because oh, they're all polyester yeah which which you which so they get rubbed away when you're cleaning. Yeah, so they're hailed as absolutely amazing because they are, you know, they they are use lessing products and all that sort of stuff. You can reuse them, but the fact is, every time you wash it, they're going to produce more microplastics because they get damaged. Mm-hmm. I I thought yeah. that was fascinating because I was like, oh, oh, because no. I um, I bought these these makeup removing ones um so because usually maybe i would use wipes or something which are obviously mm-hmm. quite bad but you can get like microfiber cloths that you use to you just use them with water to take your makeup off yeah it's it, it's so crazy it's that worse. like it, it's one I, thing I that be replaces worse. something else yeah it can't be... be worse than using wipes yeah, yeah. but then i do is... wash them in the washing machine so maybe but there's no perfect answer for anything because I've, well, I've got bamboo ones don't as well. Mix up with it's plastic. the um, I think it's like it's unintended consequences. Yeah. What about bamboo yeah. ones? That that would be okay. I've got bamboo cotton pads, reusable ones. What about the pandas? They... They'll be fine. Bamboo's like one of the fastest growing plants. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <clears throat> It'd be interesting if the bamboo ones are pure bamboo. I think there probably mm. will be if people mm-hmm. are advertising it because because most things are polyester blend. It's not. I doubt they are. Like my t-shirt just now will be a mixture of cotton and polyester. It won't just be. But yeah, let's all look at our t-shirts. I'm sixty percent cotton. I'm sixty-five percent polyester. And thirty-five percent something else. Oh, that must be cotton. I don't have a lot. I don't have a label. So I, I. I have this weird thing where I rub the label of my t-shirt, like... Oh, I hate that. I'm sorry, I'm that, that guy. That noise is so, like, it actually cut through me. But, do you know what, though? I did, while I was in London. I'm going to need to really carefully move everyone. I... Turns out I shouldn't be tumble drying my t-shirt. Whoops. Luckily, we don't have a tumble dryer. <laughs> no one needed to know that. They could have all thought we were rich. Okay, so there was a whole point to this. Um, sorry. So I I went to London and got like, uh, I had to buy like a new top, right? And I went into the shop, never been in it before. It's called Uniqlo, right? So mm-hmm. like, I, you would totally recognize it. But they made this like, T-shirt, and like, uh, like, uh, short set thing. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's made out of like recycled plastic. Oh, that's quite oh. cool. Uh, so let's see. Oh so, oh, so it would be 100% polyester. Yeah. So it's just right there. Polyester is plastic, yeah. Is yeah. polyester good? But no. it's, well, so I suppose there's two sides to that, isn't it? One, it's good because it's recycled. Yeah. But two, it's completely made of plastic. Plastic. So you still end up with a microplastic. So my is. bamboo things are <clears throat> a mix of bamboo fibre, cotton and polyester. So they still have plastic Ooh. in them? Mm-hmm. But they are literally advertised. That's pretty as bad that they're advertising them as the advert, and it doesn't give you the percentage. They're advertised like they're called bamboo cotton pads, mm. and they're apparently a hundred percent organic bamboo cotton, which is not technically wrong. That's not no, because that's not that's not technically wrong. 
Wait, how not? Hundred percent bamboo cotton. Oh, sorry. Okay, so it's not hundred percent bamboo cotton. It's a hundred percent of the bamboo cotton is organic. Yes. Yes. That yes. is that is filthy yeah. advertising. That is cheeky. That that, that is and disgusting. that that's that's the bit that's like. Oh, that's uh, absolutely filthy advertising, but also very clever. Mm. Because they're they're not saying that it's a hundred percent made of those two products, but they are saying that the orga- the organic bit is a hundred percent. Yeah, that's a bit gutting because I thought I was doing really. Well, it's still better than using wipes, but it's not. Wonder is it better than using cotton pads? Not if you, if you throw. Well, I don't know. Yeah, because cotton pads. Cotton pads, like I would use them once and throw them out. But are cotton pads actually made of one hundred percent cotton? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Are they though? Maybe. See, I, I, I think they got a bit of material stuff. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they are. Really? This has been such a fun journey. I'm having so much fun. I think the cotton <laughs> balls are. Yeah, I think cotton I hate, balls are. Yeah. I hate, the, I hate the feel of them on my nails. Okay. Oh well, no! So cotton pads are one hundred percent cotton wool. I'm oh. On, I'm on Superdrug's website. Okay, so my my I think my next question would be. What is cotton wool? Because is is that really the thing that comes ah. off a plant? Yeah, like, is, it, is that is, is that the wool bit? Cut? Yeah, guys, we're in that. We're... No, but I find it so much. This do you is know what would be really like good? Pandora's box. If we all went on our social medias and found out, do you know where we'd have the answers? TikTok. So if we just watch eighteen hours of TikTok, um, Andrew, we can't afford the screen time. I can, so I, I'm not limited by my screen time. Just realise no one's going to know what that means because we've cut out the whole screen time thing because you stopped recording. I didn't stop recording, it just stopped recording. <laughs> telling you can't use technology without telling me you can't use technology. <laughs> so, how does this relate to oysters? What the study showed is that um, most studies in the past have been done with oysters and pure microplastics. Um, but what happens to microplastics when they go into the ocean is they actually grow a layer of um, like biological materials around it. A biofilm. It's biofilm, that's the correct word, Andrew. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, and what this research did is they repeated the experiment that's normally done with microplastics with a biofilm, and they found that the oysters absorbed 10 times more microplastics than they did normally. So the all the estimates that have been done before with um, things absorbing microplastics, they're using just like fresh microplastics. They're not using it with the biofilm. So all these filter feeders are probably absorbing a lot more microplastics than we originally thought. Okay. Cool. I was waiting for some sort of yeah, mind blowing. Well, that's crazy, guys. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Cool. Oh uh, well, right, no, but on. yeah, but um, oh, but that well, that kind of makes sense though because. Um, that's what they're eating. They're eating the bacteria and things that are found. So it would make more sense that they're going to eat more of them. Yeah, I just think the the problem was the estimates that people have of how much microplastic is in the whole food chain is based on research done on microplastics without the biofilm. Okay. So mm. there's probably a lot more in the food chain than we originally thought, including in us. So when, when we eat fish, um, we're eating... Lots of microplastics. Yeah, that's basically sea spiracy. Is a bit about that. It is indeed. Okay. Yeah. Right, we're going to have to rattle through these questions because we've got four questions in today. Um, 
Andrew's raging about Why his is garlic Andrew raging? Oh, he wants... We forgot a whole section. <laughs> forgot a whole section. So we're really going to have to rattle through our questions. So now we're moving on to... Tell me you failed science at school without telling me you failed science at school. So, uh, this week... Andrew. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this week um, it is... Should I clean out my sinuses by shoving garlic up my nose? I would go, yes, that looks amazing. I'd love to empty my sinuses. Amy, you're feeling blocked this week. Yeah, I think I would do it, but I know I probably shouldn't. Well, let me tell you why that is no cap. I'm down with the kids. I know what that means. Apparently it means it's not good for you. So, because um, I've been on TikTok so much. Is that not just a reference to the Marvel Cinematic Universe now? No cap. Oh, oh no, there God. is. There's a new cap to America. Spoiler. Oh, there is. Sorry, right. my bad. We are not Whoa. going down, we are not going <laughs> down this whole thing. Andrew. Sorry. I, I know. We do this all the time. For always, um, cut, cut that one. So, um, yeah. So basically, what people are doing? Reference. No, I can did. You the... stop, can Ross <laughs> just be quiet and let Andrew speak? No, I did uh, the Andrew. Loki reference for all time. Always. Oh, okay. Um, so, what people are doing is that they are um, unpeeling cloves of garlic and then they're shoving them up their nose. Um, and then what's happening is like literally like two or three minutes later they're pulling out the garlic and then literally so much gunk is coming out of their nose um, and actually so people are then saying oh my sinuses are clear and I feel great um, but actually what's happening is uh, your body is reacting um, to um, the chemicals that are in the garlic and really they're just irritating it so actually what you're getting is a, a first line of defense for your immune system which is increase the mucus in your nose, which is why it seems as if you're getting loads coming out. So um, it's, not, it's not actually coming from your sinuses. It's, it's just not actually coming from your sinuses, yeah. Um, and the other thing is, as well, with garlic, you have to be really careful because you can get um, something called contact dermatitis, um, which is like almost like chemical burns on the inside of your nose because the, the, the tissue on the inside of your nose is slightly more sensitive. So please do not be shoving garlic up your nose. Okay, Ooh. noted. Noted, thank you. I would like something, like I'd love just a sinus flush of some sort though. Well, tell you what to do, right? Yeah. Get yourself a wax warmer, like a, like a one with a little candle underneath or whatever. Mm-hmm. Put some Vapor Vicks rub in the top. Other brands are available, but like Vapor Rub, oh, put yeah. it in the top and then it's going to heat it up and then it's going to smell the whole room. So that'll make it a like little a, Like a you. budget yeah, steam room. Like, like a budget steam room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good tip. Good idea. Um, good or get the crystals. You love the you like the menthol. Oh, crystals. menthol crystals. Oof, crystal. yeah. That'd we got water in there. That would be strong. One or two crystals max. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and now we're gonna finally move over to our questions, and we are gonna get right through these because we are running out of time. Does wind cool water or vice versa? That sounds physicsy. Yeah. That does sound physicsy. I suppose if if you're standing yeah. next to the sea and the breeze is in your face and the breeze is cold, is that coming off of the water or is it the wind that's cold? Um, it's, so I reckon the, that's coming off the water. So the... It's, that's what I thought. During the day, the sun... The, the <laughs> land is hotter than the sea. Therefore, you get a breeze formed by a convection current 
and um, because the hot air above the sea uh, above the land rises um, and then the cold air from the sea comes in to replace it so the breeze is from the land being hotter than the sea and, and then at night it's the other way around oh. uh, the land gets colder than the sea the sea pretty much stays the temperature same temperature all the time um, so the breeze goes in the opposite direction at night um, because the sea is now warmer than the land so that it heat, the hot air rises above the sea and so cold air comes in to replace it so, oh. so the, the cool breeze is always just so, from depending on what's hotter basically Ah, so like I suppose in a way then the water does but not in the sense of the yeah. water is moving into the air. Yes. It's literally just because yeah. it's colder. Nice. Good. Ah, Thank nice you. Question. There you go. Next nice. question is, why do mice have hairy tails but rats don't? Why Didn't even know they had hairy tails, so I had to Google it, and they have tails. tiny little hairs. Well, so mice have hairy tails. Rats have, like, scaly tails. All right, what? Dr. Zeus. <laughs> well, um, yeah. They're very soft, actually. Are they? Like rat tails. They they're not. They're. Nice. They're not. They're yeah. not crunchy like they look. No, they're. Re- they're really soft, actually. No. Highly no, recommend you touch one. Um. So. It's okay, Ross. We've got ages. <laughs> Good. If you're not too okay. sure, Ross, well, what I, was I can say tell is, you. Are there other like mammals with like scaly tails, like rats? Soft tails. Um, or like non-hairy tails. Andrew, why like don't you mon- just tell us? Monkeys have like hairy tails. I'm sure if we had tails, we'd have like hairy tails. I don't think so. Yeah, well, we've got hair all over our bodies. Yeah, so uh, speak for yourself. <clears throat> don't know. An armadillo? Right, Andrew, you can actually tell us the <clears throat> actual reason. Uh, it's a uh, um, heat distribution. Oh, okay. So because a rat's bigger, it needs to lose heat. Uh, so... It ah, the same way elephants have more. big ears. So, cool. Oh, I bet yeah, elephants radiation. have hairy tails. Where do they? They do have little fur. <laughs> they do right, right at the oh, end. Yeah, but to be hairy, like, fair, the yeah. they, they, they have hair, but it, but it's a bit like us with a hair on our arms. Yeah. It okay. really makes no cool. difference. Um, good, good. I didn't know that. Ross is really chuffed with that after. Um, how is it possible <laughs> to break the sound barrier? Like Ross, that sounds very faster specific. than the speed of sound. How can you do that? Jet engine. Oh. Or Felix Baumgartner, Baum, Baumgartner, um, the guy that jumped from space um, and parachuted. Yeah. Uh, the he broke guy. the sound barrier. What happens when you break it? Um, you get a sonic boom. Is it dangerous? Um, it can. So if you're in a plane that wasn't well designed and you have the sonic boom, basically the pressure. Um, builds up and creates a sonic boom, um, and that could break apart your plane if you've not designed for it. Oh um, so that's you'll see supersonic jets. Um, so fighter jets, Concorde, all have pointy noses because they go fast in the speed of sound. So the pointy nose helps them break through the sound barrier. Uh, whereas uh, most airline jets, you'll notice they have a curvy nose. They don't have the pointed nose, um, and the curvy nose is helps them go as fa- um, fast as they can, but they don't break the sound barrier so they don't need the pointed nose and it's the aerofoil which is a sort of round at the front and then sort of jaggy at the back like a, a cyclist helmet the olympics is on just now so the cyclist helmets um in the velodrome um so that shapes like the fastest shapes 
as long as you're below the sound barrier. Well, I don't think the Olympians are above no. it. No, they're not. <clears throat> no. Well, I um, I learned a Go fact on. this week about Concord. Okay. Remember Concord? Right. So you know how the nose at the front always like yeah looks down, mm-hmm. right? Kind of ooh, sad, right? Do you know why that is? Is it because it breaks the sound barrier while it's still going up? Uh, no, no, because when it's flying, it's oh, up. It actually moves. So when it when it's flying, oh. yeah, when it it moves up, yeah. So or it used to. Concord doesn't run, but like it used to move up. So the reason is because uh, that you can't see the um oh. the oh, runway. Right. <laughs> when the nose is up, I was like, that's amazing. That. I thought they were just always. I thought like, that was really you cool. Only see pictures of them on the ground. Yeah, just. Just as we were talking there about the sound barrier, because the yeah, Concord yeah, does, broke yeah, the sound barrier, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. our last question, I don't have a clue what this is, is what is the golden rings brain life theory? I'll jump in on this one. Um, <clears throat> so the golden, uh, golden rings brain life... Th- so it's like golden rings is like the guy. And uh, his life theory... Uh, brain life theory sorry is uh, all to do with the definition of a human being mm-hmm. um so his theory is that a human being um can only be uh something that has a human an active human brain okay so if it has an active human brain that is defined as a human being so we we can't we can't put anything else into that context so if you were, for example, though, to remove the brain from someone, is that the question would oh, be, yeah, okay. is that person yeah. a human oh, okay. being? So it's just, if you just had the brain and the brain's, like, was it spinal cell, whatever it is? I suppose if you had the, if you had the stem cord, cord yeah. uh, the spinal cord, sorry, and the, the you know, stem yeah. cord, spinal cord. And if you transferred that um, to a new person, if, if you had that, you would have had a body transplant, would not the, a brain transplant. It, w- yes. I would 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 the would the would the 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 organism that no longer has the brain would his theory states that they would no longer be a human oh, okay. being because they are Does they don't have, have like a, a counter brain. theory? Is so it it leads to well, it leads to uh the discussion of um is it like is it called zero point or the the, the something point where where we could potentially move our brain technology into digital format so if we were to then go live in computers are we then still human beings okay because so there's a there's a deep shower thought for you all yeah so you're still a human being and okay yeah yeah are are you still a human being and if you've not taken that opportunity to move into the digital era yet then uh why don't you take that step forward and start by asking us questions uh, to iredditos at gmail.com. Or, if you're more of a social geek like me, on their 18 hours this week <laughs> so far, um, then please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at iredditos. Um, please drop us a review. We like to get some reviews. We have had a couple of emails in, so thank you very much uh, for people who have, have written in and, and said hi. Um, and... Uh, like I say, if you could drop us a review or a little uh, sort of five star uh, thing on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from, that would be amazing. 
Uh, and next year, hopefully, we will win the podcast listeners choice awards. Uh, we're so, starting early, guys. <laughs> that is us for this week. We've got yeah, we'll, start, we'll start now week. for next year. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, guys, thank you very much, and we will see you next Bye. time. Bye. Farewell, my traveler. What was that? Let's try something different. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.